Hello, welcome back to Air of Epic Trail Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamel Curry, and today we're excited to be back and we have got a special show all about the Mogion Monster and I'll get right to it and introduce our guest today, uh, Aaron Barber. He is local to Awatuki and he just finished his first 100 miler. Welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. Very excited to uh, have you jump in here. This was, Bryce helped set this one up. Hey Bryce, how's it going? Hey, good. Feeling good. Happy to be here. Happy Aaron's here and walking. Yes. <laughs> Barely. He uh, he got up the stairs all right, so he's <laughs> he's getting back at it. We're just, um, man, like two days past, I guess, the finish of the race. It's just Tuesday here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get all into that. Um, for those of you, maybe your first time tuning into the show here, um, this is our, su- it's been weekly sometimes over the summer. Um but we're here to talk all things Aravipa, and we'll be touching a little bit about the broader trail scene as well. And this is a live show, so any of you who are tuning in right now, feel free to drop your questions in the chat. Uh, if you have questions for Aaron running this race, if you wanna know more about what he went through, we're gonna get all into that, but feel free to drop them. We'll get to those throughout or at the end, or if you just wanna ask us anything about uh, any of our upcoming events or happenings in the trail running space, let us know. Bryce, you were out at Mogion Monster as well this weekend. I most certainly was. Were you was. pacing Aaron? Or were you pacing someone else? Pacing somebody else. Nice. We we crossed paths a few times. Um, yeah, it's uh, I mean the weather up there is so unpredictable. It's kind of a, I mean it's a wild race to crew, let alone run. Uh, but yeah, I was out there for the whole thing. I did a little bit of content with running around the 360 camera and then paced miles 60 to 85 ish through the night which was a long section, but fun. Awesome. Um, cool, well, let's just maybe just jump right into it. We had Mogion Monster 100 mile this weekend. Um, the race was founded in 2012 by Jeremy Doherty. His brother Noah now works for Aravipa and is our race director. So uh, the event's been around a while. We had the biggest field we've ever had, 163 starters, I believe, 108 finishers, um, which is the most we've ever had by quite a bit. We've never had more than a hundred finishers. Um, so Aaron, welcome again to the show. Um, I want to learn more about you. I don't know you super well. I don't think we've met before. Um, but I know you're relatively new to the sport. So I'd love to hear maybe before we get into Mogion, maybe give us a little background about yourself how you ended up into the trail running space. I know we were just chatting, you you did some cycling and you sure, ran sure. collegiately. So give yeah, us a little uh, background. Ben, I grew up in Michigan. Um, I've been running since I was eight years old, um, the whole family ordeal. Um, and I kind of stuck with it all through moving to Arizona in my mid twenties. Um, focused on triathlon and cycling for a bit, uh, just to get, I was kind of sick of running, road running that stuff. So. Uh, Focused on cycling until I got hit by too many cars, then jumped back into trail running and just kind of on a whim signed up for Elephant Mountain 50 Mile. And that was my first trail race in Arizona. 
and I've kind of just been dabbling in 50Ks since then and then jumped into the big one. Nice. Um, how did you decide upon that race and what was the longest distance you had run before doing that 50 miler? Uh, the longest distance before that was 26.2 miles. And I'd always said, there's no reason to run any farther than that. <laughs> if I wanted to challenge, I would just try to go faster. Um, I honestly think I saw a YouTube video on it. Um, I don't even know why I was just kind of over cycling and just really on a whim and just kind of Googled tough races and that yeah. one looked fun. So. <laughs> nice. Um, and so was it tough? Did it live up to its name? Of yes. Being tough yeah, race? that was tough. Uh, I didn't do nearly enough recon for, uh, anything north of spur cross at that one and it is wild up there wild yeah <laughs> it is not maintained and it's a different beast once you get yep. up into the town of national Forest. yeah so the start was great i was like oh this is just like a little bumpy road but then yeah that whole north loop uh, ate me alive oh wow um so yeah i'm looking at that it took you 10 hours 53 minutes and then you moved on you jumped into another brutal race this is so far a one-time race the pinal peak 50k I'd love to hear your experience at that one. Uh, yeah, that was another on a whim. It, it got announced, and um, I kind of just like to go big or go home, so it, it just seemed right up my alley. I like going uphill, uh, so went out way too hard. And after you run with Nick up there, Nick I Hilton, can't. you don't remember? <laughs> I don't remember. I was I went out fast though. Yeah, like I was it was stupid fast. Um, but by like mile 13, I think I was like walking backwards uphill, oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> but it went well, I kind of regrouped at the top and ran downhill. Then the last few miles got hot, but that was, it was another good learning experience. So. Yeah. It seems like you've, yeah, you definitely really jumped into it. You've done quite a few 50 K since then, including a win at Mesquite Canyon this year. Uh, congratulations. Thank the you. 50 K. Yep. That, um, that one's got a little bit of spice in there as well. With it does. Ford Canyon. Ford Canyon and uh goat camp goat was camp super fun well. for me too. Yeah. Um, but that, I feel like that, that race was like made for me. I love that terrain and it was like the perfect amount of vert. Um, well, and it's pretty runnable up top too. Like yes. one yes. minus the climbs, like you can really cruise up there and probably use your leg speed. Yeah. Yeah. That helped that, um, after climbing up goat camp, that was just I put some some good miles on there and then that one I reconned a ton so coming down Ford Canyon um, I knew which way to kind of scramble down the boulders and which path to take so that helped a lot nice um, and so then at, at what at some point or at what point did Mogion capture your uh, attention it's always been on the radar since I've um, kind of got into trail running um, my wife and I already love to visit the rim country uh, so it just kind of fit in really well if i wanted to jump up to 100 that was always going to be the one um and like i said go big so i was <laughs> i didn't want uh, an easier more runnable 100 to start out i just wanted to go all in and try that one yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean i, I ran a mountain 100 for my first 100 um An so yeah angel's crest yeah, Angeles Crest. Yep. Yeah, mountains outside LA. I mean, I had done a hundred miles in a twenty-four hour race. I still don't. Mm -hmm. I don't really exactly count that as a as like a hundred. My yeah, first yeah. hundred. Um, but yeah, you don't always have to pick a flat course, right? Necessarily uh, for your first hundred. So yeah. Um, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about maybe your training going into this. Um, it sounds like probably you were competitive at triathlete and, and that kind of stuff. So what's your approach? Do you work with a coach? Do you just hammer the trails at South mountain near where you live? Did um, you get up and recon? 
yes. the, the actual race course? Um, all of the above. Okay. Um, I actually uh, do coach uh, triathletes, oh, okay. cyclists, runners. Um, I wasn't comfortable writing myself a training plan for 100, though. Um, so I uh, hired Pete Mortimer. Um, nice. So he's coaching me and has been since May. Um, I did do a ton of recon. I'm a big believer in seeing that stuff, if, if you can. Um, so I think since Memorial Day, I've been in Phoenix for like three weekends. Um, everything else was spent in either Colorado or a lot in Payson and some in Flagstaff. But I would take my van up and do just three big days and just knock out a section of the course. So before the race, I'd seen all but the last road section in Pine. So I felt really comfortable knowing what to expect on the course. Nice. And on that note, Aaron, so Aaron and I ran the start of the race because I, I was like just like recording the first 5K, so like three miles. And I ended up in a group with Aaron and uh, it came up, somebody was asking like about the course and Aaron was like, knew exactly what the answer is. And he's like, I've been up here a few times. And I was just like laughing to myself. Aaron's <laughs> basically spent the entire summer up there running. Yeah. And like, then th that same group of people, you said something to me. And then it was like at that point, cause there were so many people talking to each other. They were from out of state and they just go, does everybody know each other? Like in this race, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like a community. Yeah. Um, so maybe tell, it sounds like you're probably even more familiar than the course than I am, or maybe <laughs> as much so. So maybe tell some of our viewers out there, like what, what is this race like? If you had to describe the Mogollon Monster in this course, like how would you describe it? Um, I think it beats you up in every way um, and not even the obvious ways. Everyone I think thinks of the, the six big climbs up the rim, but I think Highline Trail um, is, it, it can break you. Um, the rocks and the ruggedness, cat claws, it's just going to scratch you up. Um, the temperature swings and dealing with the weather. I mean, we had rain and hail and it didn't get super cold, but that late into a race, I was getting to my... Um, we'll jump right back in. We were just talking about, I think, what makes, like, what this course is all about, what makes this course uh, unique. Um, yeah, it's not, like, on paper, you see those climbs, which obviously are hard. Yep. Um, but it's also like the other factors, like you were saying, like the yeah. Highline Trail kind of grinds you down. It's never the same, it's and I think, never flat. Yeah, it's so rocky. I think like the topography of the rim itself like lends itself to, I think, why it's so rugged. I mean, you have basically this cliff band, and then all the water runs down off yeah. of it, and it's tough to keep, like it just washes these trails away. Yep. It exposes all the rocks. It it erodes all those layers that have been built up. It's tough to use poles with all the, the sandstone on like going up Turkey Springs is it's it was tough. <laughs> and then I mean this time of year too being kind of at the end of the summer, we've had the summer growing season. You've probably watched it happen throughout yeah. the summer where like maybe you go up there in May and it's like pretty easy to get around and then by September you have grasses sometimes that are like up to your chest. Yeah. I hadn't run the section from Geronimo to Donahue in a few months and then I was shocked when I, it I was like running looks like a different place middle of the night and I'm running through a cat claws that are six inches wide on each side of the trail yeah that was I think my biggest shocker because like I would always you know 10-15 years ago I'd always run Zane Gray in April and there was never an event in the fall until I ran Mogion in 2012 <laughs> and then it was like whoa I can't find the trail <laughs> yeah. it is just completely gone between underneath these ferns but it's really kind of a magical place. I think all that together makes it just this incredibly diverse event with like, like you said, the sandstone red rocks to 
um, there's like really lush sections next to the like Horton Creek where yeah. you have running water, and then you've got the pine forests up top with Cabin Loop is beautiful. Yeah. Washington Park looks like a rainforest right now. It's <laughs> exactly yeah, lots of running water out there. I'm sure across the whole course. Yep, feet were wet pretty much the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and it's like kind of shocking I think to people not from Arizona, like they think it's just a desert. Correct, my like, parents were my crew and they came from Michigan and <laughs> flew out, and I'm just like they've never been to the rim before, and I told them they're going to be blown away, and yeah. they were. And even like the road sections that you have running on the rim road, I mean it's just. The views are incredible. Absolutely. There. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there's any initial questions in the chat. Um, would love to get some of those. Um, but then I would love to hear maybe how your race played out, too. I sure. think we've kind of covered the event and your training. But, yeah, I'm curious to see how, how did it go for you? How What was your race strategy out there? Yeah. So um, Pete, my coach, said start slow. And I, I pretty much knew that. So I um, but I still think I went out a little too hard too aggressive at first one um it it's felt easy to know yeah yeah i felt easy it felt great for the first 50 i felt like i didn't do anything 45 miles into it but it changed pretty quickly um i knocked out the first i had really good climbing legs fortunately that day so the first four climbs went really well picked up a pacer it was my dad for the cabin loop um, that also went really well and really no issues um except for being just tired and then my ankle started to go, things started to swell up, which I totally underestimated. I knew it was going to be really painful, but I completely underestimated the, the pain and the general fatigue and just complete shutdown, all the systems. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, the last 20 miles. I didn't really have use of my right foot and just kind of hobbled it in. And it just, it was mentally taxing and physically painful and I always like to do math and everyone's saying, don't do math, don't do math. But I'm just thinking in my head and I'm like trying to sprint and I'm looking at my watch and it's 30 minute miles. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I've got 10 miles to go. It's going to well, take And me. you're doing the math on how long that's going to take Yeah, you, I'm, I'm going to be out here pace. for five more hours. And it's just like, it. that's just like a, a dagger. Which is like your 50K time. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, I only have 10 yeah. miles to go yep. and it's going to take this long. Um, I had one, uh, I got down Pine Canyon and I was in like a world of pain. Like there was thoughts of DNFing. Um, with only like eight miles to go, but I was, I couldn't walk at all, but also I didn't have any way to get out of Pine Canyon except keep going. Um, but I had tried to tape my ankle with duct tape at, uh, with 10 miles to go, 12 miles to go, wherever that trailhead is. Um, and I got down the Pine Canyon descent and the duct tape wasn't working and everything was going wrong. But one of my friends was running the marathon and he had caught up and passed me and he was wearing an ankle brace. And oh, he just said, uh, do you need my ankle brace? And I was like, if you don't need it, I, I will oh, take it. So he, <laughs> he stopped and took it off and we put it on. He's like, it's going to be really sweaty. I was like, I don't care. Just put it on. And uh, that that saved me. So, yeah. Shout out to Angel, Andrew Dunkelberger. Andrew Dunkelberger on that. just, yeah, saved my race. I don't know if I would have nice. been able to finish without that. But that locked my ankle up enough where it's still really painful, but limped my way to the to the finish. Wow. Um, yeah, because with 20 miles to go, I mean, you've still got that descent down West Weber, and then you have to go up Turkey Springs. That's where it really started was, to hurt. Okay. Yep, that's uh, Weber. It's and then Weber's a pretty runnable trail too, and uh, I couldn't on a even, normal day on a normal <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even jog it. It was like it was a limp down that, and then uh, Pine Canyon. It was pretty funny. It was I think on training, I was always in like the 11 or 12 minutes getting down that, and it took me 47 minutes to get down that. 
Um, but I was just tripping over every rock. I was beating bushes with my poles out of anger, threw my poles a couple times. Oh my, my wife was with me and she's just like, she was just <laughs> shaking her head. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so what, let's see, what was your finish time then at the end of the day? 33 and change hours. And uh, so slower than my goal, but definitely like the first goal was obviously to finish. That's, that's really all I wanted. I, I wasn't worried about time at all. Just wanted to get myself to the finish line. Um, I knew going through like the first four climbs, I was on pace for like 22 hours. And that was like, this is, this is too fast. <laughs> um, Which would be, cl- yeah, close to course record. Yeah, or like, yeah. Yeah. So I was, we slowed it down a bit and then, uh, but I think those, the first 40 took more out of me than I thought. Um, you don't realize it when you're doing it. You're just like, this is, this is easy. This is nice and slow. Were you running with a group at that point or were you kind of, I actually tried not to, um, I would, I actually purposely pulled off from a group six miles in, there was seven of us running together and I was leading the group, but I just, I just kind of stopped. I felt pressure to run when I didn't want to run. So I just stepped to the side of the trail and then just waited, you know, a minute and just let them get ahead and just kind of mentally separate from them. Yeah. So so I'm not, I'm going to run my own race and not, and not have to deal with every everyone else's let's see we got a quite a few questions in the chat lining up here awesome fire them away uncle rico asks what was your go-to electrolytes non-aid station um i used lmnt and i pre-mixed gallons of it so my crew had um bladders filled and i would just swap it out every time and then when i would get to an aid station i would just have them top it off with the gnarly um but i did as much math as I could to try was to. Was that a that was like your caloric fuel as well? That was just my electrolyte. Or just fuel. electrolytes. So that's, okay. Uh, it's zero calories, but okay. it's a lot of sodium, um, magnesium, and potassium. Uh, my caloric fuel was Hammer Perpetuum, and I also had that premixed in big gallon things. So over the course of the race, I took in three thousand calories of Perpetuum, and then supplemented that with real food and some gels. So. I'm assuming that. I know that's pretty popular in like the triathlete space. Is that what you would use for those races yep. or, okay. Yep. That's uh, did it translate well over? It did. Um, I've had good luck with it in triathlon cycling and then now into ultras. So that's, that's, uh, my slow drip, which is per se calories and carbs. I have it in my, one of my front flasks and just sip on it. Um, and it's really dense, uh, in terms of the calories. Nice. Graham Howes asks, question for Aaron. Did you incorporate road running into your ultra trail training? If so, what percentage of your miles are done on road? I did run on roads for a few workouts and some speed work. And then I also coach a local community college. Um, So some of my morning runs, I'd run with the team or we do some road uh, intervals, but very, very little road running. I would say 5%, like maybe I would, it probably adds up to less than 10 miles a week. So I guess that'd be 10%. I'm curious, um, go to trail that you like to do at South mountain or maybe what's your favorite trail at South mountain? My favorite trail. So I live on the South side of the mountain. Um, I live over by war paint trailhead. That's probably the one I run the most is just from war paint. I love going up helipad over there. My favorite trail is uh, either Eliminator, Lost Ranch, Lost Mines, that area nice. near Pyramid. So I like the, the steep stuff on that. So. Yeah, good stuff. 
I used to live on the north side of South Mountain for oh, right. quite a few years. <laughs> right up and over. Yeah. I'd have to go. Well, we kind of named it, but we went up Devastator Trail. Like I had to go up that trail to oh, access okay. the mountains. Gotcha. And yeah. it was like, yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Got in such good shape. Yeah. It's those it was are like great 700 ones. foot climb just to like start every run. All the time. Yep. So I would, yeah, I always go to Pyramid um, Trailhead and do repeats on one of those or a yeah, little loop that's and, a great little section right there yeah just you can stay right yeah. in that area and knock out different climbs so and descents yeah chris warden asks aaron how cool was it to have your dad pace you i can't imagine my parents being out on that trail <laughs> um that was really cool i he and i think my dad liked it too he's more of a triathlete and road runner um so he signed up for a couple uh, trail races in Michigan just to kind of get ready for it. I didn't know how well that would translate, but um, I told him at the pace I'd be going, he'd be totally fine to to keep it up. He just uh, he just qualified for Boston, so he's no slouch oh, nice. for running. Um, but we got to he did the cabin loop with me. For some reason, he wanted to see what it was like running at night, so I thought that was a pretty cool experience for him. But it was it was really cool. It was one of the highlights of the race, and I was still feeling pretty good at that point. I mean, how long is that section? Uh, 15-ish. Yeah. So from Buck Springs to General Springs. Right on. Did you do much night running yourself? Because that's probably a newer thing for you. Um, Correct. And I didn't. Um, I've read mixed stuff about it. Like, is it worth, um, you know, potentially sacrificing a week or a couple days of good training to get that overnight sensation? So I opted to just keep hammering out the miles and the climb and i didn't really um think it hurt me too much the the night was it was tough but it wasn't the hardest part of the course for me or the hardest did you make it through without any like naps or anything i took two naps um my family we rented an rv for the race so i didn't plan on it but it was just kind of one time it was raining and i just ran into the rv and laid down and i think i just said (laughs) i told my wife i was like just give me 10 minutes and then um, at the top of, or, uh, yeah, right after Turkey Springs that I, I was pretty mentally broken. Then I just said, just give me another 10 minutes. So two 10 minute naps. And I think I fell asleep at an aid station, just head slouched on my poles. Cause one of the volunteers tapped me and said, do you want to be <laughs> sleeping right now? <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was sleeping. So. Um, so you said you got some real food out there. What was your favorite real food item that you had out there on the trail? Uh, the mashed potatoes and ramen at Pincho. I'd never had had that. Shout out to race. Pincho. Yeah. Way to go. Paul Benet, Linda Van. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Yeah, that was good. That's a great, that's I just a great needed, sounding call. I could probably go for that right now, actually. Right. I just needed, <laughs> I said warm and salty and they're like, yeah. and I was like, you can mix these two things. And yeah, I just, I died nice. that real quick, but I've got like, everyone always teases me in training. Cause I've got the, like the stomach of steel. So I just, I run on candy and Mountain just Dew whatever. and just whatever sounds Perfect. good. So. <laughs> that Pizza, is burritos at the canyon. So. Yeah, that's a great, great skill to have there. It is. Let's see, Cole Farron Bruch, Farron Brush. I see his name a lot at yeah, our races. Cole, yeah. uh, what's your What's your why for running the race? Uh, man, just to see if I could do it. I, I, yeah. I just, it's always something bigger and better, right? Like that's, I, I've done Ironman and marathons and 50 milers. And it just seems like I haven't tapped everything yet. And I still don't think I have. There's, <laughs> there's always something more. 
Yeah, I mean, that kind of parlays into a question of what's next for you. Mm. Or do you know yet? <laughs> um, we have thrown the Cocodona word around, my wife and I have. Um, I haven't fully committed <laughs> to it this year. Uh, I, I haven't. I would like to go back up to Moog as well next year. I'd, I'd, if you would have asked me at mile 95, I probably would have said I'm never running again. The fact that two days later you can even say that word <laughs> is pretty impressive, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> So I think we'll focus on some shorter stuff for a few months, knock out some 50Ks, yeah. just mentally get back into it. But I might be the ready dream to is out end. there, yeah. it sounds yeah. like. I mean, that's a it's a really interesting progression, I think, for you, and probably pretty solid. I mean, to start with like an Elephant Mountain 50 and then make your way through some 50Ks to do Mogion 100 and then Cocodona, it's like, I mean, it's an abbreviated Very much. trip, but you're, you've been an athlete for a long time, right. so it's not out of the question, you know, but couple big yeah. steps in there yeah there's some big steps but it's doable i mean mm -hmm. i feel like yeah for people looking at Cocodona, like doing mogion monster is like so perfect just to get you like out there and and in it you know for a long time yeah i just I drink a few beers go sign up then you just oh, have to do it. perfect <laughs> that actually ties in perfect to our next question summer has a two-part question okay uh, first part is what was your favorite part of the race? Second part is how many beers did you consume during the race? Uh, I had two beers during the race. All right. Um, they were both PBRs and I had one at Buck Springs cause I was just, it just sounded good. I'd nice. sick of drinking. It's like soda. a halfway beer party. Yeah. And then leaving, um, Dickinson flat with Janelle. It was like 7 a.m. and I just <laughs> headed Why out with not? a beer in hand, and yeah. it was just—I knew that was when my ankle was shot. So I told I, my wife was my last pacer, and I told her, "We're not going to be able to run a step. It's just going to be a, a slow hike the rest of the way." Um, and I just left with my poles and a beer in hand, and that was pretty cool. Nice, it's memorable, I'm sure. Last question at the moment: Chris Warden asks, "Now that you've completed a hard walk qualifier." Are you embarking on the lottery process? I have not thought about that um, at all, but I love that area. And every time I've been in Colorado, those mountains have just completely destroyed me. <laughs> just different kind of climbing. Um, but why not? <laughs> you never know. It's true. Uh, let's see. That's the last one right here. Should we do some quick takes? Yeah. That'd be great. Is there anything else, Aaron, that you wanted to, to add about your... How long were you out there? For Moog? Yeah. 33 hours. Um, yeah. It, for me, I guess, like, the biggest eye-opening thing was just, like, how tired and broken I would be. <laughs> I knew it was going to be, like, I've done endurance stuff before. Hundreds are a different sport it's, than it's the rest of ultra running. Yeah. yeah. Like, your elephant mountain experience, not even close. Yep. Even Ironman, stuff like yeah. that, I would It's my dad was asking me that because he's a triathlete and he's like, how does it compare to a, a bad Ironman? I'm like, I've, cause I've got off the bike and struggled my way through a marathon in Ironman. And I would say that would be a one and this would be a 10. It's like, it's not <laughs> even in the same ballpark. It's just between the sleep deprivation and the, I'm, you know, walking down Pine Canyon and in my head, I'm having coherent thoughts, but my wife says I was just mumbling the whole time, and <laughs> zoning Cursing. out. And, yeah. Cool. All right. Let's see what I was able to scrounge up. Love it. I'm going to start with this was something Summer sent me. 
let me uh, change the audio here real quick so it's coming out of the speakers. Which I didn't know that. I didn't know you would you actually go to bed at that one. Just wake up and between eight and five or whatever, eight and eight or whatever the hours are, and just go around the loop and try to get as many miles as you can. There's a yeah. documentary about it that my friend Sanjay Rawal made. Uh, yeah. mentioned so, the, um, the 3100 yeah. uh, in Queens, yeah. which is a wild one. Is it looping? So basically, Camille, I mean, in the post, she sound, sounds like she's going to do it. Oh, yeah. she's doing it. That's, That's what they're talking about there? I think so. I mean, I think it's be one of follows, I think. Oh, it's happening right now. Uh, maybe I met, read it wrong. I had the impression that she was thinking about doing it. I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah, not this year, obviously. Uh, yeah, but, right. Yeah. I could see her crushing that. Yeah, that, that race has been going on for a long time. I think they do manual counting, and I think it's more of running in a square because it's around like a block uh, okay. in New York City. So, I don't think it's my cup of tea. No. But I'm glad that people are doing it. <laughs> sure. It's cool. Yeah, it's a different take, you know, and yeah, the course is open 18 hours a day. Um, but yeah, the people that do it, I think the winners do something like 70 miles a day for 50 days straight. Jeez. Yeah. That takes some fun. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around. Great way to spend a summer, I guess. You know? I don't know. Uh, so Jeff Garmeyer. Oh, yeah. The Tiger himself uh, set a new unsupported FKT on the John Murr Trail. And that, like, coming right off his string beans effort. That's what I thought. So he he beat Joe's record that he just set. Like, That's by two weeks yeah. ago, right? That's yeah. my understanding. And yeah. then in the comments, the first one is actually string bean saying nice work way to raise the bar so nice that's yeah. awesome i think yeah it's not faster than francois's uh supported time but it's mm. the unsupported right. record right. is what he said yep so speaking of fkts we had it was like a man there's so many fkt folks out this weekend at mogion we had um well wit weisbrom was out there supporting yep. his buddy then I think his name is Josh Perry, I believe. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do not. Uh, I have heard that name. Yeah. He just set the PCT um, record. I think it's Josh Perry. Now I'm, now I'm going to have to look it up. No, you're dead on. Yeah? Yep. 55 days, 16 hours. Uh, 
So he was shooting for Timothy Olsen's supported record, and he fell short, I think, right near the end by just a couple days. Gotcha. But he broke the supported record. And so he was hanging out with Wit somewhere, and he just like, you want to come and spectate the monster? And he just came out. So nice. Oh, that's all... who he was with? Is that who was hanging out with Wit? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was out at the race this weekend. So That's cool. Yeah. Did not catch Those FKT that. folks, man, they just travel in packs apparently <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool like the, i've enjoyed the overlap i mean you know you've you've done some through hiking i've done the arizona trail it's like it makes a lot of sense to have that crossover of like ultra running this long distance through hiking fkt world and then it like it kind of is all converging at like the cocodona or like <laughs> right. tahoe 200 level like yeah. it's like people are coming at it from both and that to me is just it's really an exciting time, I think. Or like someone like you coming up, it's like coming up in and trying that, having not done probably a long through hike of or backpack yeah, long distance yeah. backpacking, but it's just fun to see that those worlds collide. And I've really enjoyed that aspect of this long stuff where it's not just the running part. Like even just workouts, I can go out and you know seven hours of hiking with a bunch of vert. right. Yeah, it's like people. I think some people coming from like the five k, ten k world. Um, they hear 250 and they're like, what? I can't even comprehend that. And it's like, well, we're hiking a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're walking a lot. And then you also get the the awesome like YouTube comments of like, why do you call this ultra running? You're just walking. Oh, it's that, like, yeah. That used to be me. Way back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I mean, you're not wrong. But yeah. Chef Garmeyer's activity on Strava is too big and it's crashing the system. Is it really? <laughs> oh, okay. Just our local system? Yeah. You're trying to look it up? He had it all on he one track? He had the entire thing on one track. Dang. Yep. Oof. There it is. I mean, that's pretty consistent. And then yeah. if you look at the end, he usually sprints it in. Last mile, 707. What? Yeah, that's... that's. Well, he went north to south, right? So he he is running off the top of Mount Whitney got into it. the portals. So. Got it, got but it, still, got it. that yeah. like you, know? you probably weren't doing a 7-minute mile at the end of no. your monster no. race. I think I had 1 mile under <laughs> 10 minutes. That's uh, impressive. Kudos to Jeff. What watch was that a Coros? Mm, I think I'm pretty sure he's a Vertex too. Let's say fairly certain it's a yeah, the the Coros Vertex 2 is what he uses. That's what I would guess. Yeah, I think it just popped up there. Yep. Yep. Shout out Coros. Wise man. <laughs> that was nice. My uh, So Moog was also on my birthday, and oh, my nice. wife got me the birthday present of the Vertex 2. So Sweet. that was so nice to not have to charge anything. And Yeah. No Enjoy. problems with battery life, I assume, there, Aaron? Uh, I think I had 65% left when I finished. <laughs> yeah. it's, amazing. Just, it's amazing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, speaking of FKTs, oh, um, yeah. this Courtney DeWalter went out uh, on the collegiate loop yep. and laid down, like, a really solid she time. slaughtered it. And so she posted a pretty cool little recap on her Instagram. There's also some news articles about it. But I think, like, she got that by quite a bit of time compared to the previous attempts on it. Yeah. Yeah, she beat the men's and women's times. Yep. Kudos, Courtney. Yeah, that's she's unbelievable. This next one is actually a little upsetting. Not I it's not it's Next. not like 
violent or gory or anything, but this, so this happened at discretion a, advised uh, a little bit. It, I mean, it's mostly, it's just oh. like, <laughs> I can't believe somebody would do this. So there's a, there's a marathon going on in Mexico and I'll see if I get the video to play here after the ads. Uh, but basically he just walks by with like a bottle of tequila and spikes all the runners, oh like goodness. electrolytes. It was rum. Is it rum? Yeah. 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 I've never seen anything like that. Apparently the, the actual aid stations were like unmanned, like there was nobody around. It's yeah, like, that was the thing that was weird for me. Like how there's like literally water or sports drink already in these cups, just sitting there unattended. Huh. That makes me nervous it's for the runners. Much. Yeah, like I feel like if you're getting to the point where you're actually pouring the cups, someone should be there. Yeah. I guess there's worse things that could go into it. <laughs> oh, and he posted this himself. He he posted the video. Yeah. So, so here this- he is. He's got it. He's just kind of drizzling it across the Gatorade cups. He's laughing while he's doing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Apparently, he's like he's a, a well-educated man. He like he's, it's, I don't know. He's slurring his words really bad in the video, but it's just I can't believe it's it. It's pretty absurd. Yeah. He obviously messed up. Right. <laughs> I'd wake you up. Have you heard of smart insoles? Nope. No. You said yeah or no? No. No. So this is new. I saw this today for the first time. Uh, basically, so this little chip attaches to your insole, and it measures it. So this is what it looks like. Apparently, it's pretty light, and it goes in, and it measures your gait. It sees, it tells you your level of pronation. Apparently, there's a lot of data behind it. And so, so, so you would just wear that little pod and thing as like a part of a test to learn something from it. You wouldn't do your normal training in it, I would assume. I I don't know exactly. So this app right here will show you it has Mm. training load, cadence, balance, and pronation. So it shows your level of pronation. So this is an unhealthy level of pronation, Mm. which I don't know. And then, so it'll recommend like stability exercises based on how you're pronating. Interesting. Interesting tech and running mm-hmm. exoskeletons you got these things it's gonna be a bunch of like unstoppable yeah <laughs> yeah uh what else we got pete kostelnik yeah buddy yeah was out at mogion yep yeah i ran with him for a little bit um and then so he finished it he completed the race so kudos to pete and then he also made a couple posts so this is the first one see in boston this is directly after the race and then there's this little one. <laughs> and I really like his, his reason why you're running Cocodona to hate life. <laughs> It'd be fun to see someone like Pete take it on, see what he can do out there. Yeah. Obviously super fast at like hundreds and stuff, like the flatter ones. Also, he's done all that kind of journey running where he's like, run across the country right, and like right. run from Alaska to wherever. Yeah. So it'd be fun to see it. Uh-huh. It'd be, I Good mean, to see him get his mojo back. I know he had some big plans this year. He put them all on hold and then it sounds like he, uh, he's back at it. Right on. Excited to see him out there. Yeah. He was running quick on the, on the flats because I'd pass him on the climbs and he'd come well, flying oh, yeah. by. He's me. got like 13 hour, hundred mile speed. Yeah. It's legit. I think that's what he said. I think he said, he said he doesn't normally do race reports. 
Woke up. By 60, he had moved up a lot thanks to the flatter sections. Yep. And then he had some hip issues and a lot of bad words. So I think that's pretty common in Mogollon. Yeah, that last that last section is hot and exposed. And... So this this isn't new. I found this for the first time recently. This is a pair of shoes of a runner at the the Pikes Peak Marathon, and there was a lightning strike near in 2005, like right near, and her shoes are completely like burned, like. Whoa! They're she was okay. survived. Wow. Yep, she survived near miss. Shoes got fried. God, I hope her feet are okay. Do you guys know what the lightning stance is? Yeah. 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 I didn't know that until kind of embarrassingly recently. Yeah. Dude, on, I can't believe you it's... hiked all those miles without knowing. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I just stay underneath the tree line. I didn't realize, I mean, um, I suppose, yeah. Right. I would assume you were just supposed to lay on the ground, but that is not the case. You want yeah. like as minimal little... contact. Yeah. Yep. Low as possible, as few contact points as possible. This one's an oldie, but a goodie. Which. <laughs> Uh, I think I know what this, this is going to be. This is a be. good one. I'm going to play it without the audio. So basically, yeah. <laughs> this is a few years back, running in snow, and they're talking about how nice it is to run on uh, on the snow because there's a cushion. Like it's not too bad. We'll see you later. And <laughs> wow, yeah. It's hard. I mean, the reflective jacket is great, but... <laughs> So this is why Catula invented the micro spike. Exactly. Aaron, uh, did you, would you have had a need for micro spikes during the hail? Cause I know you like some of the, like there's one video that was posted on the race and it looked like they were walking through snow drifts. I thought it yeah. was posted from last winter. Was it that bad? Was it where last you winter? Were? Yeah, there was piles of hail. It looked like it snowed. So. But did it, that, did that hit you or you just ran through that after it had already so fallen? I, it started hailing on me right when I was going through the crew zone after coming up Horton and Fortunately for me, we had the RV there, so I just ran into the RV, and I was just going to take a quick break, and then it started downpouring and really hailing, and I was like, let's just sit in here a little longer. So I just fuel for a minute took here. Took five more minutes and let the nice. hail kind of pass, and then started running again. Awesome. But I don't think spikes would have been necessary. Um, all the piles that I saw were up on flat areas. It wasn't on the actual uh, rim. Okay, gotcha. A few more questions in here. This one's for Jamil. Harvey White asks, what's Jamil's next race? Um, technically, uh, I think it'll be the Hurt 100 oh. in January. Are you in? Yeah. Nice. Wow, cool. Yeah. Have you run in Hawaii before? I've run it before. Oh, you've run Hurt. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, 2015. Sweet. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, so the Transcendence race is currently nine days in right now. Chris Warden asks, any thought on Andrea Sinone's Nolan 14 FKT, which I had not, was not on my radar. Yeah, she, um, shoot, what else did she recently? She did some other big FKT, I feel like about a year ago, or maybe she did Nolan's before, but yeah, she broke, took like I think three hours off the time, went sub 48 hours. Did she? Yeah. Oh yeah, right on. 
14. And her partner is uh, Andrew Hamilton, who cr- uh, crushes Nolan's. They did a self-supported team in 53 hours. And maybe that's where she popped onto my radar. Oh, so that was that was prior to this? Yeah. Got it. So she took three hours wow. off of Sabrina Stanley's record. So I guess, Sabrina, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Time for you to go do Nolan's again. What is it? At 95 miles with 4,400 feet of elevation. 44,000. 44,000, thank you. Yeah. Um, I remember, who was Sabrina battling? Because she said it, then someone else broke it, and then she went right back and broke it again. This was like a couple years ago. Anyways. Do you not know off the top of my head? I'm sure if you click on the rec- her little oh, link yeah. for the record, it would probably talk about it. Um, Megan Hicks. Ah. So, yeah, she – I think she um, – I think she went right back after she got it broken. So she did it, like, twice within a matter of, like, a couple months. Oh, wow. Which just, like, I can't wrap my head around <laughs> – like even yeah. doing Nolan's in that fast and then being like, Oh, I got to go shave a couple hours and do it again. <laughs> like if you went, had to go back and do Mogion again, like in a few yeah, weeks, I need, a, I need a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little more time, but that's awesome. I mean, the, the competitive landscape of, I think this, the, that side of the sport is inspiring. Um, let's see what we just saw Courtney do super cool i mean i guess now we're just waiting for courtney to go do nolan's yeah, yeah. i mean it's literally in her backyard yeah. it's right there yeah that'd be cool so i'm sure that maybe that might be a next summer thing for her yep um should we touch on some Aravipa upcoming events yeah sure um it's a busy time right now for us so we've got this weekend the hangover event so this is a great Havelina prep race so if you haven't signed up we still have room available you can come on out it should be a great time you know we're about six weeks out from Havelina 100 you can run up to 75k i know my brother's going to be out there as like a tune-up testing oh. the legs there'll probably be quite a few others which one which one is nick doing 75k uh, of course um is he doing Havelina? yeah nice as long as this weekend goes well yeah um and then there's going to be a Havelina the first ever dedicated Havelina 100 training run October 3rd I believe it's a Sunday might be the second don't quote me on that Um, and then we've got Sky Peaks so Sky Peaks is coming up in uh, just over a week uh, about 10 days up in Flagstaff this is the finale for the Golden Trail series World Series all of those athletes are on their way from all over the world to Colorado Springs for Pikes Peak Ascent this weekend, and then they'll be making their way down to Arizona. Um, You can still sign up for either the 26K on Sunday, which is the race that everyone's going to be racing, all of the, I guess, the elites. It's open to anyone. Um, Or you can run on Saturday. We've got a 10K, 50K, 50-mile. And we've also got a new inaugural race coming up in October, Rough Canyon Trail Runs at Grand Junction. I'll throw it over to you, Bryce, to talk about that. I know you were out there for about oh, a yeah. week. Yeah. Um, that place, from what I haven't been out on the course, but from what you were showing me, it looks pretty phenomenal. It's it's really cool. Uh, it, it, there's so much variation in the course, especially as you go up in distance. 
So the, the 5 and the 10K do out and back on a river path that runs directly parallel to the Colorado. So it's, I mean, it's really, you're like right on the Colorado. So that's cool. Uh, the longer distances are going to take north. They're going to take that same path up to a trail system called Lunch Loops. And it kind of looks like a mix between like Sedona and Prescott. I would say, and you're just kind of going through this erosion and there's layers in all the rocks and like low lying, like, uh, like spruce trees and stuff. And the 50 mile goes back to rough Canyon and rough Canyon is like borderline canyoneering. Like it, there's some scrambling in it. It's real. I mean, they're just super tall tower, like cliffs and you're just right through the center of it. And uh, like a slot awesome. canyons. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. So it's, I mean, very different every little part of the race, but I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be like a really fun course. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I guess other shout outs. Um, if you guys want to just to call out to the community, if you want to volunteer at Havelina hundred, we're still looking for folks, not only for aid stations, but for live stream as well. So we're going to be, uh, live streaming that event again this year. So come on out, join the fun. Did I miss anything else? Uh, Janessa. Or sorry, Janelle. <laughs> My wife. Janelle, Aaron's wife, is running the 50... 50K. At 50K Sky at Sky Peaks. Oh, nice. Yeah, yep. so that'll be fun. So, so you'll be up there? I'll be up there. Not running. Yeah. <laughs> Just helping her out. Repaying nice. some of the favors that she did for me. But Yeah. Has um, she been running ultras then? She has done 150K marathon. She really enjoys the, the trail scene. So Awesome. Yeah, it's a 35K elephant too. So she's been out there, but yep. this will be her second 50K. Um, a little more challenging. I think she did McDowell before. Uh, Frenzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, mean, she that's did a that, great one. Did she do that last year? Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Cool. That's cool. all I got. Unless there's any last questions, we'll kind of wrap up the show this week. Yeah. No, I think that's it in the chat. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in. We'll hopefully see you next week um, with another episode of Trail Talk Live. Thanks, Aaron. Congrats. Congrats. Coming in. Have a good one.